I, I just stumbled across this term, and I'm like, what a simple way of understanding it. It's a measure of heat accumulation that indicates how favorable the growing conditions are in your area. Hey there, welcome to episode 49 of the Maritime Gardening Podcast. We're glad you could join us, and uh, how are things going today, Greg? Awesome, awesome, man. Great, great. Well, I, I was just taking a taking a little look-see on the, on the uh, overview notes of the episode, and I was going to grab a pillow and lay down. I don't know what you're talking about. It's just, <laughs> just a little bit of algebra... <laughs> anytime, anytime I see math showing up in something that is uh, not com- not compulsory, <laughs> the sexiest I, podcast ever. Yeah, yeah. we talk about this. Uh, well, I'll admit, you know, and uh, you, you know this about me. I don't know what to what extent the listeners do, or maybe it comes across. But I'm a bit of a nerd. Yeah, he is. Um, in a lot of uh, anything. How would I describe that, or how would my wife describe that? He's a pretty cool nerd, but as far as nerds go, yeah. Anything I'm into, I get really into. Yeah. Um, there's probably a medical term for that. But anyway, uh, uh, so if I become interested in some something, mm-hmm. uh, I study it, or I just I'll read voraciously about it until I, I feel like I know more than most people. Right, uh, and then no one wants to talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just have. I'm a very curious person, and uh, uh, the more you know, the more you, you know. Like what is it, uh, Socrates? Mm. The wisest he was. Uh, told he was the wisest man. I think an oracle told him he was the wisest man in Athens, and he. He uh, concluded that it, it must be because I'm the only man that knows that I know nothing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, any area of inquiry, if you if you engage in it and start looking, the deeper you look, the more rabbit holes you go down, you realize how many more rabbit holes there are. Mm. The more you try to learn, the more you realize what you don't know. Right. Um, so anyway, I, so I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll tend to inquire until I'm sort of exhausted from inquiring. Um and uh, so this uh, today's topic is is related to this. This is a show I've been meaning to do for a while, and uh, I literally haven't done it because I'm not sure how how interesting this is going to be to some people. But <laughs> I think it, <laughs> you want to do things that are going to get people, you know, sure. uh, clicking away and stuff like that. Yeah. But but anyway, uh, mm. let's do let's do it anyway because I think yeah. there's some, I think there are some people out there that would be interested in this topic. Um, so we've done episodes where we talk about uh, the growing zones, you know, mm-hmm, zone, mm-hmm. zone five, zone six, zone four, and, and what that means, right? The growing zone speaks to your, um, I'm going to oversimplify, but the, the average minimum temperature in your area. So how, how cold it could possibly get. By minimum, that means the, the, the coldest it can possibly get where you are. So it, it it tells you how cold it gets where mm. you where you live, okay, and why that's important. It speaks to whether certain perennials can survive where you are. Mm-hmm. So the you know there's there's a zone past which you can't grow 
I don't know, blueberries, because it just won't, or actually blueberries go pretty far north, but certain things, it's just the, the root system cannot survive being cold. Um, so there's something, I, there's an herb I grow outside, um, rosemary, and it's a zone eight plant, mm-hmm. and where I am is zone six. So uh, I've had years where it came back, and I've had years where it doesn't. I've actually got a trick this year I'm going to do to make it come back. But anyway, we're not talking about growing zones. Mm. Um, but a lot of people use growing zones to, like, almost like it's some indication of what you can grow where you are or how warm it is where you are. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it doesn't tell you that. It's, it's in a very crude way. I mean, I guess by indicating how cold it can get, it does to some extent indicate how warm it can get, I suppose, right. uh, in, you know, in an inverse sort of sense. But it really doesn't tell you that because, you know, my uh, people that live in Toronto, Canada, or a place like Chicago, um, they're zone five. Uh, but those places are way hotter than here. Mm. Uh, I'm in Nova Scotia, Canada. Uh, which is like, I guess, Maine, Maine, yeah. uh, similar to Maine in some some regards. Maine's mm-hmm. probably, but probably a little bit warmer because it's not jutting out into the. Right. It's a little bit more protected. Probably more like Fredericton. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one in the states knows where. That's <laughs> <No, they laughs> a tiny little town in somewhere uh, in Brunswick. Canada. Yeah. Yes, in the New Brunswick. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Um, it's it's problematic because all that's really telling you is if you're going to plant some sort of uh, perennial, whether it'll survive. I bought uh, a number of years ago a uh, uh, grape grapes, right? And grapes mm-hmm. are a perennial, and I bought them at a, a local garden center here. And uh, I said, "This is great. I'm going to plant these, and in two or three years, I'm going to have grapes every year." And I planted them, and they died. And uh, the the little tag that was attached to the stem was still on them, so I was pulling them out of the ground, and I looked at the tag, and it said they're a zone eight plant. Mm. Now, why on earth, why on earth would a garden center here sell a perennial? I mean, grapes don't. It's not like like there's some things you can grow, like certain perennials or whatever. You can grow them, and you just grow them because they make a nice flower or something like that. And and you take the bulb out and put it in your garage so it'll survive the winter. Right. But you're not doing it with the grapes. Like the the root system has to develop for years before the productive. They have to survive to be any use. And it mm. just baffles me that a a garden center would sell a perennial that can't even live here. Mm. Um. So it's always a good thing to know, but it does not tell you anything about what kind of growing season you have in your area. That is to say, whether you can grow um, certain varieties of tomatoes or certain kinds of potatoes or certain kinds of, you know, various uh, heat loving Mm -hmm. varieties of plant that need a long season with lots and lots of heat. Um, Zonurin doesn't tell you that at all. Right. In, in, in the crudest, crudest way, it does, but it, it does not because I'm in I'm in Zone Six A here, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a very cool area of the province, and I don't get anywhere near the kind of growing conditions I I had when I lived um, a little bit west of here, but an hour's drive away. Right. Uh, had way different conditions. You know, I'd I'd, I'd be eating uh, tomatoes in um, <clears throat> early August, mm-hmm. and where I live here, I you know my tomatoes are ready in like late September. Yeah. <laughs> right. Big difference, right? And I'm an hour away. 
It's not like I yeah, yeah. I didn't drive for hours. I'm an hour away. Uh, is that different? Because um, any any location has hotspots. So enter in this concept. Well, the, t- the reason for today's discussion, the topic of dis- today's discussion, the growing degree day, GDD. Mm. They're also called, according to Wikipedia, they're also called GDUs, growing degree units, which I actually think is a better measure because they really mm. don't measure days per se. It's a bit, a bit misleading. But anyway, the, the, in the general vernacular, People use the term growing degree days, I think, or, or they're even called degree days. Mm-hmm. And these are used by farmers and, um, and to, to determine what kind of crops they're going to plant or when they should plant it or uh, whether it's even feasible to grow certain crops in the area or how to time it so that it can be processed and taken to market and all that sort of stuff, which doesn't mean anything to most of my, my listeners because they're just backyard gardeners, but it still matters. So... What's a growing degree day? Let's define this. And I mean, you can look this stuff up. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't have any special education in this area. Um, and I can't remember how I stumbled across this. I was reading some, like, you know, some Canadian government publication from like the 1970s. Maybe I'll put it up on the show notes. It's, um, uh, I can't remember what I was trying to figure out. But anyway, I, I stumbled across this term, and I'm like, what a simple way of understanding it. It's a measure of heat accumulation that indicates how favorable the growing conditions, the growing conditions are in your area. So it measures, another way of putting that is how many warm days you have. How many days you have that are warm enough for things to grow. Mm. And But it does that in a way that it also measures how warm those days are too. So it's a, it's a, it's like an index. It's a, it's a number that indicates how much, how, how much heat there's going to be in a given season, how much heat where you are, there's likely going to be in a given season. Right. Every plant has uh, a certain number of growing degree days. It needs to reach maturity it has a certain number of growing degree days it needs to germinate it has mm-hmm. a certain number of growing degree days it needs to produce its first two leaves and to be an inch high and so on every plant can be understood in that sense mm-hmm. um, and the growing degree days measures the, uh, the the temperature in the air uh, and of course the plant needs the soil to be a certain temperature too and all that sort of stuff so it's still not a perfect measure right it would be great if you had an index that took into account how long it takes for that heat to actually penetrate the soil right. but anyway that's that's uh, that's a rabbit hole as I was discussing before. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, but this is still this is way better than saying oh I'm in zone six I should do this or do that. Right. Because uh, I live in zone six in the valley and I live in zone six here and it's like a different country. Um, it's like I moved to some island <laughs> in yeah, the north. Yeah. Uh, so what do they tell you? They tell you what's possible in your area or whether you need to cheat. Uh, I used to be able to grow uh, peppers when I lived in the valley. Uh, that's uh, a very productive growing uh, area in the province where I live. And um, now I almost can't. Yeah. <laughs> this year I grew a, a, a dwarf pepper that's supposed to be a bush pepper. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to... You know, and, and I got peppers. Um, I, you know, I didn't break any records, uh, <laughs> I didn't, but right. I actually grew like a, a num, you know, like you know, a, a bowl full of peppers this year mm. by growing 
the I, I chose a variety that has the least number of growing degree days possible. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's why I was able to pull that off. Right. Um, so they're very informative um, when you move. If you're moving from one area to another and you're trying to see like, well, how is, you know, where is where I'm moving to more favorable or less favorable? Or maybe you move somewhere and, and you do everything you used to do and it doesn't work. Well, maybe that it might not be your soil. It might not be anything else. It might just be that you're in an area with a, a different number of growing degree days. It might not have as many. Mm-hmm. So you might have to plant different varieties that are more favorable to those conditions. Um, and it also allows you to understand the rate of growth, right? So it, it allows you to have a, a more thorough or intuitive sense of how things grow. When you, when you buy a pack of seeds, it says uh, plant in early April as soon as the soil can be worked. And then you plant it and nothing happens for a month. Mm. And you think your seeds are dead or whatever. But yeah. it's just a lot of seeds can handle being cold, uh, but they don't germinate because you haven't had like one growing degree day right. <laughs> since you planted. It's just been right. too cold. So let's talk a bit more about that. Let's, let me, I'm just going to, I'll put this in the show notes, uh, try to explain uh, the math. Yeah. <laughs> it's not overly complicated, but it's probably hard to do uh, in an audio sense. Um, so how does it work? It, it Growing degree uh, days is a calculation that takes into account the average temperature on a given day relative to some miniature uh, some some minimum temperature that's required for uh, a given type of plant to grow uh, standard minimum temperature they call base temperatures sorry mm-hmm. uh, so standard base temperatures are 10 degrees I'm, I'm gonna do this in Celsius sorry people that like uh, Fahrenheit mm. um, everything I've been reading is in Celsius and it's, it's just a reference I, I think in Celsius I, I was the first uh, you're, you're like me you were the First generation of Canadians mm-hmm. to sort of grew up. We had a uh, Fahrenheit thermostat in our house, but everything in school was in Celsius. Right. Um, anyway, so uh, two standard base temperatures are uh, five degrees Celsius and ten degrees Celsius, because certain plants uh, can germinate and begin to grow. Right, a growing degree day. Mm-hmm. So five degrees is the minimum temperature for growth to occur for cold loving. Uh, plants like spinach will germinate, um, and uh, uh, lettuce, and uh, you know some things like this. Things, things like that that don't mind a bit of cold. Certain grasses and so on. Right. Uh, and then other things need a ten, and some things need like a thirteen. Like like I imagine beans probably need uh, thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, a crude way to. Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, agricultural extensions use a more sophisticated uh, calculation. Um, but the, the crude way, the way it's explained online is, um, for any given day to, to know how many growing degree days you had in a given day, you would take the, the minimum temperature, the, the maximum temperature for that day minus from it, the minimum temperature for that day mm-hmm. and divide by two. And that'll give you like a crude average temperature for that day. Um, and then you minus from the result of that, the base temperature. So, for instance, if, if we had a day, I'm going to do this in Celsius, where the high was 15 and uh, the low was 5, which is 5 degrees above freezing, if you don't know Celsius. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a high of 15, low of 5. So, we divide by 2, we get 10. And let's say uh, the base temperature for what we're trying to grow is 
10, that means there are zero to growing degrees days. So if mm. I like stuck a tomato seed in the ground and um, on that day, it's nothing's going to happen with that seed. It's not going to germinate. Nothing, there's nothing's going to happen there. Um, now, on the same day, if uh, I was trying to grow something that had uh, a base temperature of 5 degrees Celsius, well, then the result of uh, 15 plus 5 divided by 2, uh, then minus 5, it would be 5 growing degree days. So let's say I planted spinach on that. Uh, on that day, something would be happening with the spinach. Uh, the seed would be, you know, uh, moving along its mm -hmm. process of development. That's a development happening as long as the temperature is above a certain temperature. Some plants, if it goes below their minimum temperature, they just die like a, a bean seed, right? And beans need a certain temperature. If it gets too cold, they just rot and die. Mm -hmm. A lot of other things just wait. Like uh, I, I've had, I've planted carrots some years and they, they don't do anything for like a month and then they start growing. Now there might be days where that seed develops a little bit and then it gets cold and it just goes into like a holding pattern. I actually had, um, I had uh, parsnips come up all over my garden, all over the place this year. I mean, I, I parsnips go to seed last year, and the seeds just fell all over the place. And so they've, those seeds were just sitting in the ground all winter long in the snow. Mm. So you know, uh, maybe there was warm, warm days where something might have happened a little bit. Maybe even in the fall, something might have happened, and then they just stop and wait. So. Uh, uh, some seeds can take that and some seeds can't. But what's useful, and, and it doesn't translate like if you know how many growing days, degree days are required for a given plant in Fahrenheit, it doesn't translate to Celsius. Right. Uh, it's just completely different. I was trying to find, I haven't found uh, comprehensive tables in, in both it would be, be nice to, if someone out there knows of a resource that will tell you that, it would be really nice to find a table that says how many growing degree tables or how many growing degree days are needed for, for you know, peppers, for carrots, mm. for potatoes, and so on. Sounds like a project day. for you. Well, I found some <laughs> things like that, but I can't, I found some in Fahrenheit. Yeah. And then, uh, and, but I haven't found any in Celsius. Mm -hmm. um, and I got to find both. Um, yeah, because other than I also just can't make sense of the Fahrenheit ones because it's so far off references. Mm. I did find a thing, and I, I imagine wherever you are, there's some sort of agricultural extension where it'll tell you this stuff. But I, I found a really cool uh, map from uh, you know the Canadian Ministry of Agriculture and Agri-Food. Right, um, it's a neat little map, and it has uh, um, at least the, the the part I found. It has the the maritime provinces where where we live. Uh, that's uh, New Brunswick, uh, PEI, Nova Scotia. It's actually the Atlantic provinces. It has Newfoundland as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think part of Goose Bay. So, um, which, according to this thing, looks like an ice cube. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look a very good place to grow anything. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, it's, it's, it's mapped out by color, and it shows you the different growing degree days. So when I look at this here, and, and the number doesn't mean anything in particular it's not like that's how many days it is it just it means one given area has more growing degrees than another so it's more favorable mm -hmm. or if you were looking at a table with a certain crops that you wanted to grow it would say oh, okay this crop needs 1600 growing degree days in celsius 
and you look at your area and say, oh, my goodness, I've only got 1,000. I can't grow that thing here. Mm -hmm. Or I need a greenhouse or I need to cheat somehow. Mm -hmm. um, so when yeah. I look at this uh, area where, where I used to live, um, which is was in Wolfville, Nova Scotia, um, yeah, it's like um, dark orange on on the chart, right. which which means it's anywhere from sixteen hundred to eighteen hundred growing degree days. And then I look at the little tiny spot where I live, this this part um, near the peninsula near Halifax, and uh, the whole thing is in this fourteen hundred to sixteen hundred range, except where I live. <laughs> yeah, well, I believe the, that little spot. And it's like light yellow, which means 1,200 to 1,400. Yeah. So it's basically, uh, how would you, the place I used to live was 50% better mm. than where Just I am. Just imagine right if you live there. Oh, man. Well, that's my wife wants to retire there anyway. Oh, so after, you know, after putting all this work into my garden, yeah. doing all this incredible amount of work, we'll just, yeah. uh, that's you know, someone else move over here and it'll just turn into a wild, uh, well, who knows, maybe some hippie. <laughs> a gardener, gardener will move there, yeah. I hope, you know, our, our last house, the house we sold, the person, uh, you know, we swing by there every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had, you know, like my, I had a garden and it got bigger and bigger every year. And, and that homeowner seems to have maintained uh Growing vegetables where I had made those beds. That's right. nice to see. Nice. I, I, apparently, it helped sell the house. I think. It's like it's I was nice. really, I was really concerned that uh, it would be like, oh, I, I don't want to take care of this garden. I don't want to buy this house. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, it was like whoever bought the house was like, this is perfect. Awesome. This is exactly what I want. So who knows? Maybe that'll happen here. Cool. Anyway, that's it's a long ways off, but. Yeah, very useful. It was useful for me because I was having such challenges growing things. And I was wondering, what is in my soil? What is it? I mean, it feels cold, but you don't always know. Mm. And uh, once I studied and learned about growing degree days, I realized, like, wow, it's just, you know, like, we just don't get that kind of heat here. You know, it's not, it's not as hot during the day. It's not as hot during the night. And it's not as hot for as many days. Mm. And so, um, now on the good side, um, certain kinds of plants like that, apparently potatoes... Um, kind of like the, the sort of conditions I have here. Mm. Um, so that works out great because I like potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and uh, it's good for certain things like uh, it doesn't get quite as cold as soon here. So we have a very, you know, the, the, the fall sort of drags on, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so you can plant a lot of kale and it'll just keep growing right up until like November or something. Yeah. Um, you know, all my heat-loving plants are totally done. The tomatoes, the squashes, we've, we've had frost here for a number of uh, weeks uh, off and on. So everything's dead, right? Right. But uh, all the cooler, the lettuce, the kale, all the greens, um, and of course all the root vegetables too, like uh, uh, carrots and stuff like that, they're all doing, they're all growing fine. They're all happy as, mm. as clams. Uh, but yeah, the beans and the squash, everything's totally toast. You know, if I was in the... Uh, uh, valley, who knows uh, what the situation would be there. Mm. Anyway, um, I think this is a, this connects to a, a topic that I had in a previous one, a previous podcast where I was talking about um, instead of using these dates for when you should plant, you know, May 24th weekend, mm -hmm. um, it's a Victoria Day weekend in Canada here, We everybody puts their garden in on that day for some bizarre reason, it doesn't make any sense, because there's all kinds of things you can plant the 1st of April, but anyway, um, these are extremely crude, or saying as soon as the soil can be worked or whatever, um, 
those instructions or those traditions that your parents had or whatever, they're not necessarily, not necessarily accurate for, for where you are. Mm. Um, and also, you know, in light of uh, climate change, uh, all bets are off in, in a lot of ways because oh, it's, yeah. it's been the hottest year ever for years. Every mm. year it's the hottest year ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means more growing degree days practically everywhere. Um, so a lot of things that might not have been possible somewhere are becoming possible. And I would imagine planting dates would be moving, um, you know, getting earlier and earlier as a result of that right. in, ge- in general. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's not all positive. I mean, the sea level is supposed to rise by a meter uh, with by the end of the century. It's not so good for a lot of places. No. <laughs> not very good gardening when it's underwater. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, the other thing is that, you know, if you know it's just not hot enough where you are. If you take a look at a map like that and you get a sense of, of that, um, then you know you got to cheat, right? Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of things you can do to cheat. You, you, like the stuff I tried this year, which worked really well, and I'm going to go back to probably on a larger scale next year using uh, hoop houses. Um, you know, the, the hot house is, is one solution, but, uh, mm-hmm. but really agonizing over... Uh, putting one in this year, um, it costs money to make a hot house, and especially when it's windy here, it has to be built well, or it'll just uh, blow away. Yeah, uh, for me, it would literally like fly into the forest, <laughs> <laughs> fly away. Things just fly away yeah, here. Yeah, was, with my luck, it would just like land on top of a tree, and I'd have to look at it for a decade. Yeah, that's true. It would never leave. I've got like a, a garbage bag at the, one of my trees that I can see out my. Uh, kitchen window, it drives me crazy. <laughs> it's like a, a garbage flag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's really annoying. Um, but uh, another, what I like about these sort of temporary uh, heat solutions is that once once it's warm outside, once you're getting real summer-like conditions, you can remove them. And then the, the rain can get at the plants and you don't have to do that. When you've got a hot house, you got to go in there and water it every day. Yeah. And if it's really hot, you gotta open it up a bit. And if you know, if it gets too hot, you gotta vent it. And you, you I mean, you gotta be out there all the time, um, and mucking around with it. Which, which is fine if you if you enjoy that, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's really in, in terms of how I engage the the art or the practice of permaculture, I, I really don't like having mm-hmm. to do anything mm-hmm. i like to, to put a seed in the my my ideal you know year of gardening is i walk outside i throw some seeds on the ground and i go back a couple months later and there's food there yeah um, you know that's so you know having to carry a watering bucket into a, a plastic house uh, right. every day and having yeah. to manage the heat level in that house every day is yeah oh uh, man i mean it's nice um, I, I had a tough time this year. I really didn't get much success with eggplant. Um, they grew, but they were attacked by things, and I just don't think it was hot enough for them. Um, I didn't get enough to make like a number of good meals. I got enough peppers to use and stuff, and salsas and stuff, and I certainly got plenty of tomatoes. But eggplant, really, it may need some sort of hot house. I don't know, or maybe a different variety. I'm not mm. quite sure. But uh, certainly using uh, those sort of hoop houses. And another great trick, if you're somewhere cold, um, somewhere with like like me, where you've got like 1,300 growing degree days or less, mm-hmm. where your spring just doesn't come early enough and mm-hmm. it doesn't get warm enough quick enough, um, is uh, I started using, uh, I've been experimenting with different what I call heaters. And 
And all I mean by a heater is it's a piece of plastic stretched over a square of wood. Mm-hmm. And you just, you just lay it on the ground uh, where you've put your seeds in. And it, it makes that patch of earth way, way warmer <laughs> than everywhere else. Just heats it right up. And you just leave it. I mean, I've tried using uh, black meshes, but they, uh, the, the black mesh attracts heat because it's black. But yeah. it also shades the soil. Um, so I, I honestly think that using plastic, uh, you know, I, I debated this last year when I talked about both. But um, I think plastic's better because the soil's kind of dark anyway. Mm-hmm. And so the, the soil's dark, so it's going to attract heat. And because you're putting um, transparent plastic over it, it's also going to let the sun hit the, uh, you know, on, at the soil. Right. In a way where there's no, um, the ambient air does not cool anything down because mm-hmm. you put the plastic there, it's insulated from the ambient air. So you create this tiny little microclimate where it's like a month ahead of time where yeah. those seeds have been put in the ground. And I'm finding here that uh, where I am, that I'm getting much better results with um, almost anything anything I plant. Uh, doesn't matter if it's a cold-loving thing or a heat-loving thing. The main thing is that where, wherever you put those on the ground, you have to check them every couple of days because you don't want the plants to once the mm-hmm. plants once the plants poke their head out of the soil you got to get those off or they'll, you know, they could cook them right and i got some ideas for you know how to make them a little bit more robust this year but cool. anyway it's um just one more piece of information to put it into your um your gardening iq your 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 gardening knowledge base that i think really will enrich your uh, ability to understand the growing conditions where you are and make adaptations to get the best out of your garden, get the kind of results you want. Um, so uh, I hope that helps. Cool. Yeah, well, that wasn't so bad. All asleep too much. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm trying to talk Dave into getting drunk for this one. Yeah, uh, it <laughs> might have helped, but I just it, that that's not possible tonight. So. <laughs> but uh but no that 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 wasn't uh you know i had a flu shot the other day it was a little more painful than this so hey <laughs> hey it's good no that was good um so uh yeah episode 49 um don't forget you can check out the show notes at maritimegardening.com slash zero four nine uh check out the stuff Greg's got on Facebook and YouTube and don't forget to subscribe and like and all that good stuff. Lots of, lots of good stuff happening. And even though the gardening season is, is essentially winding down. Oh, but there's still so much to do. Yeah. Um, Greg's got so much more to talk about. Oh yeah. You can't stop me. Um, yeah, no, we'll go, we'll go well into, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll take, we'll, we'll take a break like we did last year, but, uh, Uh, not sure when we're going to do that. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, plenty to do in your garden. Plenty to do in your garden. That's right. That's Don't right. stop gardening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks again for tuning in. Thanks, uh, thanks everybody, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye bye.